You strike me as a particularly icy and remorseless man, Michael. You eat when we say you eat. You listen when we say you listen. You subscribe when we say you subscribe. You got that, you maggot dick motherfuckers? It chills my blood just to look at you. Put your trust in this podcast. Your ass belongs to me. It's the Shawshank Redemption. Welcome to the Center Cut. I am Michael Dufresne. And I'm Ming. That's my prison name. It's my prison name because I like to follow the rules and do what people tell me. So it's it's Ming short for lemming. I'm realizing now it might be a little racist. So oops. Okay, David. So today we have a fantastic guest, comedian Rob Stant. Oh, hey, that's me. That is you. What's up? Now, before we talk about the quote unquote movie today, Rob Tell the fine listeners of The Center Cut a little bit about yourself. I'm a stand-up comedian located just outside of Philadelphia. How far from Lancaster is that? <laughs> Very. It's actually, yeah. Well, you know, Lancaster is essentially just all of Pennsylvania. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's I pretty much, I basically live in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I've been, I'm just a, a comedian. I've been doing comedy for like three and a half years now and it's been going really great. But you also have a, you have a podcast too. I do. Yeah, I have a podcast. It's uh, Two in the Stink podcast uh t-w-o in the stink and if you don't like the title of the podcast you're probably not going to like the podcast if you like the title of the podcast you're going to love the podcast so mm-hmm. it's kind of a warning the name itself is like oh that's gross it's like all right well then don't you're not going to want to watch it yeah that was actually kind of smart we should have done something like that i think someone hears our podcast and the premise and then listen and hear michael just have his outrageously ridiculous opinions and then they're like oh nope not for me <laughs> well that's fine. But the best part about Two in the Stink is that you it abbreviated it's also tits. That is 90% of the reason why we chose the name. It's like the perfect name. It is. It's Yeah, it's like Two in the Stink and then the acronym is tits. It's like, I'm not, what am I going to do? Am I going to not name that my podcast? You know? We're going to steal it, but we're going to be Two T-O-O in the Stink. Oh, too. Okay. You guys are like too much into the stink. <laughs> yeah. We're just, we're, we're just, <laughs> too far into the stink. Yeah, gotcha. We've got, we've gone too far into the stink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll talk to you some more before we wrap up as well. But I, I really do. I mean this sincerely, Rob. You are one of my favorite up and coming comedians. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I, I really do. You're clearly doing something right with social media. You've really started to, to blow up over there. And I truly think if things fall right, I could definitely see you getting even bigger. I'm actually trying to lose weight right now so the idea is to get smaller <laughs> get but, smaller yeah i'm eating i'm literally eating right now i feel like an asshole but i'm eating shredded chicken and rice and it sucks but i just finished meal prepping steak for the rest of the week so i'm really excited to eat that once i'm done with this shit impressive how's dry january going um it sucks but yeah i'm learning a lot about myself i'm learning uh, i have like uh clarity now no that's and good. Uh, yeah i have like i wake up in the morning and i, I feel uh good so that's that's new that is something i haven't experienced yeah i've been going to i've been going to the gym and my workouts actually like feel 
like I'm working out. I'm not just there to sweat and then go home. Yeah, I mean, there's some benefits, but, you know, being sober is boring. I'm proud of you. I'm very proud of you. Thanks. Now, Dave, before old people who actually just came for the movie turn this off, why are we here today? <laughs> yeah, we're here because we, me and Michael, the we, watched the first 15 and the last 15 minutes of Shawshank Redemption. We have never seen the middle, so we will recap our ends and then Rob has some questions for us about what happened in the middle and we're going to see which one of us can guess that correctly. I'm excited. The Shawshank Redemption was originally released in 1994 based on a Stephen King novella, stars Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman, and was directed by Frank Darabont the early season The Walking Dead guy. It didn't do well at the box office originally, but when it was nominated for seven Oscars, it ended up doing all right. Do you guys know why it didn't do well in the box office? Fun fact? I don't. Share. Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction were both in theaters at the same time. Wow. Oh, wow. What a trifecta. Have you guys seen those movies at least? I've seen parts of each. I've never actually sat down and watched You guys are fucking horrible. I, I, have one, you. I have seen all of Forrest Gump multiple Good. times. I have also seen bits and pieces of Pulp Fiction. That, that's a trifecta of movies. That's literally three movies probably in like the top 100 movies of all time, according to most people. So that that's pretty crazy. It is widely considered one of the greatest films of all time, including landing at number one on IMDb's list, has a 91% critic score and a 98% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. We get it. It's good. But now that we've waded through the proverbial shit, let's get into the recaps. If I didn't care by the ink spots plays over our intro credits which typical to old movies like this last for almost the entire first 15 minutes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we pan to a parked car on the side of the street at night it's pretty clear pretty early on that this movie is set in the past we pan over to the driver's seat and sitting in there is young sad tim robbins <laughs> he's just a sad boy he grabs a gun out of the glove box, so he's apparently real sad, and takes a big swig of something alcoholic. I think we see what it is later it's called like Rosewood bourbon or something like that. He's clearly not doing dry January. Yeah, clearly not. <laughs> no. He's definitely yeah. a drink. He is uh, taking a look at this gun and the bullets that he had loosely in his glove box in a rag. Andy, I have notes for next time. Maybe don't carry your gun in a shitload of bullets in an old dish rag. I know it was the yeah. 40s, like supplies are limited. There's probably not a whole lot of plastic. But even if you throw the bullets in like a sandwich bag, they're not going to be flopping around everywhere. Put them in a sandwich bag. Yeah, fucking like a little box. I mean, you're a VP at a bank. Like you can afford <laughs> to get a little box to hold your gun in your glove box. But right. Trash. No wonder agreed. why I got caught. <laughs> but as we are seeing him uh, take a look at this gun, we're whisked away to the courthouse and we learn that he is on trial. This is when we also learn that his name is Andy Dufresne, and he's on trial for the murder of his wife and her lover, some golf pro. Bogus. Apparently, he argued with her that night. She said she was glad he knew, so apparently a long-standing affair was happening here, and that she wanted a divorce in Reno. I don't know why you have to go to Reno to get a divorce, but okay. Especially because they're living, they're living in Maine. They're like, in that's Maine. literally like all the way across the country. Why does she want to travel to Reno to get the divorce? I wonder back in the day, was it like rare to like, for his divorce that rare was like. That's true. It was, that's, it was that's, the 40s, right? Wow, we so, brought you, Rob. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm here to spit facts, dude. You guys <laughs> yeah. don't know about Forrest Gump and uh, Pulp Fiction being in, in the fucking theaters. I'm here. I'm just going to keep muting myself, chiming in when you guys say some dumb shit. So <laughs> That's perfect. Yep. <laughs> Prepare to unmute a lot. <laughs> Apparently, when, when she said she wanted a divorce in Reno, 
his response was, I'll see you in hell before I see you in Reno. This is according to the attorney that is questioning him at this point. But she did pack up and leave and go to stay with her new boyfriend, Glenn Quinton. Apparently, Andy followed them after going to a few bars. He says that he was going to confront them, but when the attorney insinuates that he did the he did the murder, he basically is like, no, that is not what I did. I did not murder these two. I got back in my car and drove away after I sobered up a little bit and threw my gun into a river. He is not admitting he is guilty. He is confidently saying that he is not. Two things. One, I got to be honest, I think Andy's guilty. Unless we have 100% hard proof, I think he did it. I think he did it. Number two, why would you throw your perfectly working gun in the river if you didn't do anything bad with it? To take away the future temptation of murdering his wife and her her golfing lover. It's almost like this movie was built for a plot. (laughs) No, that's a good point. But we do cut back where he's in the car again and takes another swig of his rosewood bourbon, shuts off the car, gets out. The bottle apparently just falling off of his lap smashes on the ground and then he immediately steps in it. And then we see him take like a step or two towards the house. And then that's where that scene ends. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't sound like what he said he did. So at the very least, this is it, he's already differed a little bit from what his story was in the trial. I'm on to you, Andy. But the attorney does finish his statements by explaining that the revolver holds six rounds, as most revolvers do. But the... Victims were shot four times each, meaning that he would have had to have reloaded to shoot them again after he'd already shot them each three times. That's bad. That's bad. Not ideal because it it takes a kind of crime of passion out of it. But the judge deems him guilty, basically says like, man, I don't like you one bit. You're guilty, (laughs) bud. It was the 40s. It was the 40s. You could do that. I don't need any evidence. Fuck you. I don't like your stees. And then he sentences him to two life sentences. So he's going to be in jail for like 150 years or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To the prison we go, where we see a young but still old Morgan Freeman. (laughs) He's been old forever, just forever. He is meeting in the prison with a parole board, essentially, to try and petition for his parole. We learn that he's already served 20 years of a life sentence, and he thinks he's been rehabilitated, but they reject him anyways, and he's going to stay here for the time being, at least. So then he he just heads out to the the yard, Mm -hmm. where we learn a few things. He starts narrating. We learn that his name is Red, and he's the guy who can get you stuff on the inside. Mostly cigarettes is what we hear, but if it's within reason, he can get it for you. And it's 1947, which I guess is kind of important. We learn the year. And that Andy was a a vice president at a large bank in Maine. Mm -hmm. So he must be kind of smart, at least, I guess. Red or Andy? I guess both, but mostly Andy. Racist. Some new prisoners, Andy included, are arriving at the prison in their big gray school bus. Red still narrating. He mentions that Andy asked him to smuggle Rita Hayworth into the prison, which, I mean, you said within reason, bud, a person seems interesting, (laughs) but okay. My favorite shot, I think, in cinema history is when they fly over the prison and that music starts to play. It's It's truly, it's a beautiful shot. Yeah. It's so good, especially when it goes, it goes past that flag. Oh yeah. And the flag's waving. That part's so awesome. How did they time that out? And that was like before like drones and stuff. Yeah. So like 
I yeah, that was that was with a helicopter, and it wasn't recording audio, and someone had to like fully in that flag noise, and I watched it very specifically, and it was like perfect. Oh yeah, <laughs> shout out to to Foley artists. That shit's cool. Yep. Yeah. I did a little bit of that when I was in college. Oh yeah, um, it was fun. Yeah, I went to college for game design, and they were like, "Oh, you gotta. This is like part of making games. It's like foley art." So I was like, "All right, that's cool. I got to kind of see what it was like." And now I, I watch movies. I'm like, "That's not. They're not smoking a cigarette. They're rubbing tinsel together, and that's what <laughs> yeah. that sound is like." But anyway, continue. As the the bus arrives, Red and his groupies are are placing bets on the prisoners i guess it's really not clear what kind of bets red bets on andy i kind of assume it's like who they think will die first or something like that see i thought it was like who gonna give up the butt first that's what i thought it was oh who's gonna gonna get it first yeah maybe that would explain the guy that was yelling hey bitch come over here (laughs) while they were getting out of the bus which is my new favorite character so what they're betting on is who's going to break first? Break what? The first night, there's always somebody who cries, and they're all betting on like who's going to cry. Ah. Do you guys want to guess who cried first? Then I agree that it was the short, chubby boy, because it looked like he was honestly crying in the line in, as he was getting off. It was line. him. Yeah, yeah it was him. Yeah, okay. yeah 100%. <laughs> Got him. I would have made, made some free cigarettes. <laughs> anyway, go on. But Andy does enter into the prison where the warden greets this new set of fragrance flagrance i words vagrants vagrants no i that shot of him walking to the building was awesome too like it would just yeah like where it like up pans up the, to like look up the building yeah that's pretty cool for the 90s this thing is dope but well i can't believe you completely passed over the scene where they're getting out of the bus and the captain guard calls the dude a butt steak is that what he said but calls steak? him a butt steak and this is the problem with missing big movies like this like i could have gone 30 years with calling people butt steaks and now it's just a wasted life it's a wasted yep. life i didn't that's know about true. it that's a good point yeah i couldn't honestly understand for whatever reason i did not put the subtitles on in this one and i could not understand what he was saying i kind of thought it was a racial slur so i stopped <laughs> looking too deep into it okay but if it's just butt steak then yeah i mean fuck that guy butt steak you speak english butt steak <laughs> but yeah so we enter the prison where we meet the warden he's a huge dick he asks if there are any questions and then as soon as someone asks a question they beat him so that's not <laughs> ideal not an open door policy in this prison i guess this main guard this like captain guy who does the beating david mm-hmm. he was in lost know. he no, was in no. lost yeah he looks like a giant a-hole so that explains why <laughs> he was uh he was inman he was the og dude in the hatch that desmond had to take. if you guys are talking about the guard i think you're talking about he's also the voice of mr krabs in spongebob he is also the voice of mr krabs yep oh that's nuts <laughs> That was like forever ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's way cooler than the lost thing. Sure. Thanks, Rob. Way to belittle <laughs> his stupid lost. Record. Hey, I'm here to I'm here to make you guys smarter. So I appreciate that. But they do make all these boys strip down. They spray them down with a fire hose, toss some white powder on them, and give them their clothes and their Bible, and march them through the prison to their cells naked. Andy, Andy, Andy! When you're getting hosed, you gotta spread the butt cheeks, my dude. It's like a horizontal bidet. Who rookie. knows when the next rookie. time you're going to get to shower without a, a penis in your butt is. It's ridiculous. You got to mm-hmm. use what you got. Horizontal <laughs> bidet. Use what you got. But that, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's the first 15 minutes. 
it Morgan is. Freeman's narrating the whole time, saying like first first night really sucks. You you're naked. That was a great Morgan Freeman impression, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I've been working on it. Yeah. So the last fifteen minutes begins at two hours, two minutes, and twenty four seconds, and that Weasley Warden Norton is sitting at his desk, loading bullets in a gun shakily. Are these the same caliber bullets as the ones that blasted Andy's wife? That'd be delicious. No way. You think this guy no, killed Andy's just... wife? That would be crazy. <laughs> There's a question about him later. We'll just get there. I don't really think he killed her. I'm just. That would be bananas. The cops are at the door, but instead the dude takes the bullet to the brain route, blasting himself while Morgan Freeman narrates about how Andy got the best of him. Not very Christian of you, Warden. Got him. Also, this is why people like this movie, right? Not, not. Does this guy commit suicide? No, not they not love. Every, if I know everyone, you know why people love this movie because of the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Are you absolutely certain it's not because of the suicide? I'm positive. I think it's, okay. it, it has a lot to do with most of the movie you guys didn't watch. <laughs> no, Perfect. it is definitely Morgan Freeman narrating is why people love this movie. Yeah, and there's a lot of that in the middle. Dude could narrate anything, and I'd be heavily invested. He could, inv- he could, he could narrate a gay porn, and I'd be like, "Yeah, what's happening yeah. next?" Hell yeah! And it had nothing to do with Morgan Freeman. Red gets a postcard at prison. It's a dude riding a giant bunny. Definitely a sex thing. But the back is blank. It is postmarked from the border of Texas, though, so he deduces that it's from Andy, who we find out has escaped Shawshank. Wild, impressive. Red says that he quote unquote crawled through a river of shit and came out clean on the other side is that how he actually got out is it a metaphor there's a question later we'll get there you never know with morgan freeman i'm so good at teasing could be either red reminisces about his friend and then we see him up for parole again it has now been 40 years so we are 20 years past the first 15 minutes much longer than i would have anticipated how long do you think andy was here i honestly don't know it seems like when morgan freeman gets out that it is Less than a few years after Andy got out. I would say less than five would be my guess. I feel I could like be wrong. it's like a while. Oh, you think so? He was only there for a few years and then Morgan Freeman's been there for another billion. And it's just like come to the conclusion mm-hmm. that life fucking sucks without Andy Dufresne. I don't think it was that long. I think it was maybe a few years. Okay. But I think you got the same idea. Like, yeah, when you you can tell by his parole thing, he's just fed up and he's like fucking whatever. Yeah. Th- this time around, he is playing much looser he's calling the parole officer sunny instead of sir and he even calls rehabilitation bullshit well there is also like the old rehabilitation officer was a hundred years old and morgan freeman was just like semi-old morgan freeman now morgan freeman's old and this guy's young so true but it's a good little monologue morgan's a pro and good news he is approved didn't expect that. Yeah, I. they ask him, like, why should you be out? And he's like, everything's the worst. Family Guy did a really good parody of it because they did a whole p- episode on Shaw, like parodying Shawshank. And at the end, he's like, he's like, if I, he's like, have you been rehabilitated? He's like, no. And if I get out here, I'm going to kill you and you and you. And then they stamp it. And he's like, <laughs> like approved. approved. It's like, it does a really good job at parodying it. <laughs> we cut to him exiting Shawshank prison in a suit and settling in a goddamn dump of an apartment. And it hangs on him noticing Brooks was here, chiseled up near the ceiling. I'm guessing that we're supposed to know what that means because it's yes, 100%. a couple he of narrates times, about but... it more too. So like, yeah, he also says "get busy living" or "get busy dying," which is like the best quote in the movie. In yeah, opinion. it's like mm-hmm. if there isn't a rap album named that yet, then what what are you doing, rap <laughs> album makers? He works as a bagger at a grocery store, and 
I will say that I hate old dudes who bag groceries. They always just want to talk to you and you can hear them sucking on a butterscotch. It's like, Carl, be quiet, bag my booberry, and shut up. And sometimes it's like you could just tell that they can't pee unless someone tells them to pee. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, Morgan goes to, I call him Morgan, but it, it's Red. <laughs> like you're just best friends with Morgan Freeman. Red goes to piss and he leaves his apron on like a goddamn savage. He would definitely be a COVID super spreader. And he <laughs> continues to narrate about how he's not built for this non-prison world. He buys an old compass from a store window and he name drops a Brooks fella. So we're definitely supposed to get the Brooks was here reference, damn it. He mm-hmm. was a person that we A whole person. Like literally a whole person that I feel like we missed. Also, we learn that Red made a promise to Andy, but we don't end up learning what that promise was unless it's, I'm going to come find you. My impression's better than your impression. Thank you. You're welcome. Suit and all, we see Red hitch a ride in the bed of a truck to Buxton, Maine, where he then walks for quite a bit, past many a cornfield, and then through some wooded area, until he comes upon a large tree adjacent to an old rock wall that us New Englanders see all the time, since our ancestors use them to mark property lines. I would have probably never guessed that this movie was going to end with geocaching. <laughs> Right? Never in a million years did I think that this movie is going to end with Morgan Freeman just enjoying a little geocaching. It was a pretty sick geocache. It had a bunch of money in it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, he... Every geocache yeah. I've ever done, it's like, here's a, like, yeah. anklet. And I'm like, what? <laughs> here's a rusty screw that is yeah. also a bottle opener. And I'm like, I don't want this. And here's a little itty-bitty tiny piece of favor for you to write your name on so yeah. everyone knows you were here. Right, exactly. Now, at this point, I would have nearly sweat to death walking in this suit. Morgan's taken his coat off, thankfully, but you can see his undershirt is just fucking drenched. He's just he's just soaked to the bone. I bet his balls were so sticky, and this is why I have no no real friends. I see a sweaty old black man, and all I can think about is just his enormous nutsack glistening <laughs> like an old burlap bag of marbles that you dipped in the sink. Like, that's all I can think about right now. Old burlap bag of marbles that you dipped in the sink. Moving on. That's an impressive image. Thank you. To imagine. <laughs> Not because you conjured it, but because I know that Morgan Freeman's just got a huge dick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This must be why he brought the compass, because he does find a specific section of the rock wall and he starts tearing it up. He finds an old dirty box with a boat on the front. He sits down and explores the contents. Probably a few hundred and fifties, maybe like a thousand dollars. Whoop to do. Like it's not it's not that much. Like it's kind of nice. But. I mean, in the sixties, it was kind. It was, I mean, it was more decent than it is now. Obviously, I bought a like, fucking house back then, dude. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> that, that's true. I, I you was forgetting that it's for life. You could work at the grocery store, have a house, and retire by like fifty five back then. So. <laughs> Yeah, but there's also a letter addressed to him from Andy. What kind of extra money-having lunatic would just assume that their ancient black friend in prison for life <laughs> would be able to get out and find it? I'd like to imagine it'd be really funny if like some dude got really stoned under that tree and then like tripped and like knocked over a bunch of rocks and found that. It was like, whoa, we found like a thousand dollars. And then Red goes to find, he's like, where the fuck is that thing at? Like, oh, Andy Dufresne, he promised me. Yeah, what the fuck? I thought you were my friend. I walked all this way with my big, sweaty marble sack of balls. <laughs> Family Guy does another parody. I fucking hate that I reference Family Guy. It's such a like corny. I, lo- I, lo- I love it's a funny show, but like. They did a really good job at parodying that. I like at the end or whatever. They the way family, and so Family Guy is like he's waiting on the beach room. And he just fucking never shows up. It's really funny. 
Rob, is this your is this your comedy style where you just like get up there and reference <laughs> reference family? I'm like, yeah, so Family Guy. <laughs> guys, have you guys seen that Family Guy episode? Yeah, you guys know what's the deal with Peter Griffin? <laughs> what's the deal with Peter? Oh my god! All right, I just I would never I wouldn't dare dream of doing that. I'm just I'm like an old lady clutching my pearls. Like I would never put money in a box. Yeah, I mean that's the complete opposite of you, right? Is like yeah. A man with a half buttoned shirt on a beach planing down an old ship <laughs> and leaving money in a box for his old black friend to find in the woods. It is literally like, that is like me, literally yeah. the, the complete opposite of you. Uh, anyway, the letter narrated by Andy is as follows. <clears throat> but she caught me on the counter. It wasn't me. Saw me banging on the sofa. It wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. Bad. Stupid, uh, <laughs> stupid joke. Stupid, bad joke. Dear Red. If you're reading this, you've gotten out. No shit. And if you've come this far, maybe you'd come a bit further. Gross. Make sure to bring my $1,000. <laughs> you remember the name of that town, don't you? No, I fucking don't remember the name nah. of the town. Zihuatneho. I can't even say it. Zihuatneho. Yep. Got it. Got it in one. I could use a good man to help me get my project on wheels. I'll keep an eye out for you in the chessboard ready. Remember, Red, hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. Betty White. I will be hoping that this letter finds you and finds you well, homoerotic. Your friend, Andy. Red does a few solemn, please don't cry, swallows, and then goes back to his house, which I didn't expect. <laughs> he geocached up here to find this box, and bef- when he saw the money, he like looked around this open fucking field in the middle of Maine to see if anyone saw him. It's like, what are you doing? Like, No one's around. No one's here. It's a prison thing, David. When I you're in prison, prison you, any little thing is... It's you gotta watch your butthole. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's narrating again, and he adds, so was red right next to the Brooks was here on the wall. And I I just don't Who get it. the I, fuck I is Brooks? Man. <laughs> I wish I knew. He feels so important. Should have been a question I asked you guys, but... Yeah, because he feels like so important, and I have no idea who the fuck this guy is. He willingly breaks parole and takes a bus to Fort Hancock, Texas, presumably near where Andy is. He narrates about how he hopes the Pacific is as blue as it has been in his dreams and ends with another, I hope. We see him walking on the beach and catch sight of an older Andy Dufresne sanding an old god-awful looking boat. They're definitely going to capsize and drown. The two old friends smile, hug, and fade up so we can see that beautiful ocean as the music swells. Excuse me while I do some solemn swallows because I barely know these dudes and it moved me. <laughs> that, now, it's all, just the music and the, the guys. All I could friends. focus on was what the fuck Andy was doing to this boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's washed up and old and he's just planing a corner of it. The boat like, actually is a big thing in the middle of the movie. If you would have watched it? it. No, oh, not at all. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was about to throw my heads up and just give up. <laughs> the boat is the boat's Brooks. I've, I've nailed, <laughs> yeah, that, Brooks. nailed that down right now. That's Brooks. <laughs> Andy brings that boat everywhere with him. He brought the boat into that apartment. <laughs> That's Rita Haysworth. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he brought the boat into the apartment and then carved its name into the. <laughs> the boat is how he escaped Shawshank. He got on a boat and just went straight to fucking. <laughs> <laughs> just straight there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those were the ends of Shawshank Redemption. Before we get into Rob's amazing questions about the middle, let's take a break for a center commercial. I really don't want to have to break the law to make money. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the podcast Nothing Pacific, a non-specific podcast. If you don't know what any of that means, join the club. The logo is a creepy doll inside of a moon, and it makes me want to vomit. In, in a good way. Like the kind after you eat too much ice cream and your genitals tingle. You know the kind. They talk about nothing. They talk about everything. It's a mystery that you just need to go find out for yourself. And I can't tell if they're serious or it's just a big cosmic joke. I think that's the trick. And to be clear, it's nothing Pacific, like the ocean that Red dreams about. Speaking of wet things, David, what do you want to tell the listeners about their podcast? Ibrahim and Marty are two native guys in northern New Mexico who worked together and thought a podcast was a good idea. Marty's idea. Each week, they get together and discuss nothing specifically. They also don't really know what they're doing. It's okay, Ibrahim and Marty. We'll be your spiritual guides. Ride with us, homies. First step, give us more money. The bigger we get, the more people hear our ad for you. It's just science. Again, that's nothing Pacific, wherever you find podcasts. Go give them a listen. And tell them Michael and Dave sent you. Also, dead people. David, if people want to hear more than just our main episodes, we have a Patreon, The Center Cult. We do? We do. Patreon.com slash The Center Cut. Yeah. And you get access to all kinds of great things. Early access to episodes. Get extra episodes like Center Consumed, where we go back and watch the middle of something. You get all our center chats. You get just a ton of cool shit. A center cachet, which is just our monthly newsletter where we just talk about random crap. It's great. We want you. Please do it. And if you have any feedback, send it to thecentercutcast at gmail.com. Also, you know you know the socials by now, but Instagram, TikTok, at the underscore center underscore cut. It's all, all great. We love you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Also, dead people. Oh boy, I am excited for these questions. <laughs> oh, no. I hated that. I hated that noise so Rob much. Cooked up yeah. some great ones. I'm excited too. I am excited to win. So, David, you can go to prison. I want you guys to both know that no matter what, in my heart, you're both losers. Thank so you. So, just know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate I, yeah. that. that. So, means we're a both lot losers in my heart too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do it. I'm ready to win. All right. So, your first question this is multiple choice, by the way. What's the name of the person who really killed Andy's wife? Is it A, Elmo, B, Big Bird, C, Bert, or D, Ernie? Sesame Street getting fucking nasty up in here. E, none of the above. No, these are, one of these is, uh, is the actual person who killed Andy's wife. Okay, so it's not Andy. Damn it. I thought it was. It's not it was Andy. Andy. All right. Anybody who knows me knows that I attack multiple choice questions SAT style, so I immediately am going to cross out Big Bird. It's too fake sounding. There's no way there's a dude mm. named Big Big Bird. For, a, seri- for a, sem- a mostly serious movie like this, that would be too yeah. wild. So Big Bird's out. Bert and Ernie are gay, and this was the 40s, so fat chance. I mean, listen, it could be one of those. If so, I'd say Ernie. Sounds like the name of a rival golfer, maybe. But I am actually going to go with Elmo. And maybe that's even why the Tickle Me Elmo was popular a year or two later in real life. Andy's wife actually says that in the movie. She has a third lover. She's like, Tickle Me Elmo. And then he and her get tickled with bullets. I'm going to stop talking now, but my answer is Elmo. Elmo, okay. Dave, what's your answer? That got fucking wild. Yeah, that got really dumb quick. <laughs> yeah, I, that's usually what his answers do. Yeah. He, the thing is, is what, what Michael does, and I have to explain this to every every guest that we have. 
essentially he just says a bunch of wild bullshit hoping that like at least a word or two was correct so that the person's like i'll give you a quarter point because you said the word but yeah well this one's either pass or fail there's really no because it's multiple choice so yeah um, my answer is bert i was always I was always afraid of, uh, like, not afraid of Bert. <laughs> not afraid gotcha. of Bert. I just think I You're feel like, like there's a killer. If anybody's killing anybody, it's a Bert. It's Bert, one hundred percent. Okay, so the name of the person who really killed Andy's wife is Big Bird. No, I'm kidding. It's Elmo. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is Elmo. One guy enters the prison. I fucking forget his name, which is horrible because I Hot should. Stick. I've watched this movie. So, yeah, I've watched this movie so many fucking times. Is it Brooks? No, no, no. So he's. <laughs> He's like a young kid. He's like, why? Like, who's Andy? Like, why did he go to prison? Like, why is he here? And and then Red's like, oh, he killed his wife. And he's like, no fucking way he killed his wife. He's like, yeah, some he shot him and some golfer. And then he has like a he like thinks for a second. Then Red's like, what? And then he tells a story about how in another prison he was in this guy elmo blatch was his name elmo blatch but he would tell all these stories about like that what he did like outside of prison he told this one story about he went to go rob this golf pro and he walked in the guy was awake and in bed with some girl and he shot them both and then he said the best part is they pinned it on some hot shot banker so then they found out that andy really was innocent innocent okay i still think it could be andy but (laughs) all right one nothing crushing it all right who are the sisters and what is their relationship with Andy? I think these are twin whores. Okay. Who end up uh, pleasuring the guards. He he brings in Rita Hayworth, who is their, their kind of like pimp in the beginning. And he is he's trying to sweeten up the, the guards by bringing in these girls. Wow. My answer is very different. And if I had any working knowledge of chess, I could probably fact check this instantly, but I don't. So here goes. I think this is sort of a trick question because I don't think the sisters are people. I think it's just the name of a dope chess maneuver that Andy teaches Red. And that's how they become friends. They just run a chess gambit. They make a bunch of prison money. The sisters is a chess move. That's a pretty good guess. Thank Those are both really interesting questions or answers. Rather, you're both terribly wrong. Damn it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so the sisters are three homosexual men oh three oh. homosexual men wow. who are also in prison mm-hmm. who take a mean liking to andy dufresne they really like mm-hmm. him and guess what andy dufresne doesn't like him back uh, but that's not going to oh. stop them from mm-hmm. having their way with andy dufresne so, oh wow yeah so the sisters are three <laughs> homosexual men who basically rape rapist. andy wow while he's in prison okay mm-hmm. so i think mm-hmm. i should get like a quarter mm-hmm. of a point because in nope. chess, the most important no. piece is the queen. Nope. And they no, okay. Right, no. Fine. I'll give you one one hundredth of a point. Yes. Nope, don't give him that, because then if you win by one one hundredth, I'm gonna be very angry. Okay, all right. Moving on. Okay. Who is Jake? Bonus points if you can accurately describe what he looks like. And also how does he escape Shawshank? Jake is a small fella. Black okay. hair, two big front teeth, beady eyes. He also he's kind of a rat. Sorry, excuse me, I misspoke. He is a rat, as in a literal rat, cousin of the mouse, and he escapes via the sewer pipes. More on that in a bit. He's a rat. Okay. Dave? What the fuck was that at the end? (laughs) I I hated that so much. I think Jake is that short, chubby guy who broke the first night. I think he eventually dies. And the way he escapes Shawshank is in a body bag. Okay, gotcha. So, Michael, you're actually really close. Yeah? I'm not shitting you. Yeah, oh, so Jake, <laughs> Jake is 
Jake is a crow. <laughs> so I gotta get a half a point there. I gotta you I get you get a whole point because you're yeah. that was very very yeah. cool. Yeah, you get a, you get a point. The fact that you guessed it was an animal and that it actually well it flies away. So Jake actually is. Let me check and make sure that okay. So I don't really talk about Brooks. Brooks is this old man who's been in prison forever. He gets let out and he gets sad and he's like ah I just, he's like I don't like being out here. So he kills himself. Oh, kills himself and that's why Brooks was here was there. That was gonna be my guess. Yeah. Anyway, so he is like, Jake is like his pet who he's been taking care of in the prison forever. And before Brooks leaves the prison, he's like, I can't take care of you anymore, Jake. And he lets Jake fly away. Be free, Jake. It's like a metaphor, like birds aren't, (laughs) some birds aren't supposed to be caged, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, so good job. One point to to Michael. Jake, get get out of here. (laughs) He's like on the, on the edge and he like won't fly away. And he's like trying to shoot him away. He's like, get get out of here, Jake. (laughs) I can't take care of you no more. I love it. Oh, this is feeling so good. Man, you're actually crushing this. You know so much more about prison. <laughs> he also mentioned a lot of gay stuff earlier, so I don't know. It's It could That's be true. a connection to that. Mm. What was Andy hiding in his Bible? I guess, I guess a shank that he fashioned from a fork in the commissary to protect himself against the sisters. Ooh. Okay. I think he was hiding a smaller Bible. <laughs> A smaller Bible. Oh, no, just kidding. Oh, good. Perfect. Uh, it's nope. too late. Your answer is no, locked no, no, in. No, no, no. Yes. No, no, yes, I love this, Rob. You can't let him fucking say his random weird shit. This is the 40s. So what if he hollowed out the Bible so he could practice his real religion? With he, He's got a copy of the Quran inside the Bible. <laughs> you have one more real answer before I lock it in. Uh, okay. No, it's got to be some kind of tool to help him in his escape plan, right? So I'm going to go with a spoon. Like a big metal one that he can do some scooping. He can do some scooping with his spoon. Okay, so Dave, you said basically a shank. Yeah. And then Michael, you said a spoon. It is a rock hammer. Oh. A rock hammer. Okay. Interesting. So neither yes. of us get points. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say it's you're close, but yeah, no points. Yeah. We both said metal things, but yeah. yeah. Okay. It was All right. A rock hammer. Yep. For escaping. We'll get to that. I have a question about okay. that later. Okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> I will not elaborate any further on the rock hammer. Maybe he did okay. use it to attack the sisters. Okay. Maybe that's what it was for. Who maybe knows? That's what he used to make friends with all the guards, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Anyway, how did Andy make friends with all the guards? That is the next question. All right. This one's a dance number. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he went and sucked their dicks. No, I think that he gave them banking tips. He was like, banking hey, don't tips. invest in CDs, you moron. What the hell are you going to buy with 1%? He was their financial advisor. Okay. You think CDs in the 40s are only paying 1%, bro? Please. He went and sucked their dicks. Why is there a song? What's why your answer, David? I don't understand why it's a song. <laughs> you know, my original answer was girls, but the sisters weren't even girls. Banking tips isn't a terrible idea. Thank you. To be honest, it was. I know it was like your fake idea, but it's actually not that bad. <laughs> I think he likes to play chess with them and like just like hang out with them and just be a decent dude and he's just a good hang yeah he's just a good hang and like gotcha. he just like befriends them by just like chilling no brooks brooks is a good hang so is that your final answer yeah thanking tips and then he's a good hang okay so andy makes friends with all the guards by sucking all of their dicks oh. no, i'm getting it oh, he, he makes friends <laughs> he, <had me> there. <laughs> he makes friends with all of the guards uh so close banking tips so he is a banker, but he's also like smart. Like he basically helps them with like all their like he does all their taxes for free for pretty much the entire time. He does the taxes for them. 
And then also there's one point where like he overhears one of the guards talking about, oh, he got a gift from like what like one of his like distant relatives died and he got get he like they left him like he was rich he left him like fifty thousand dollars and all the other guards are like oh wow it's awesome it's like hitting the lottery and he was like he was like you dumbasses like the, the government's gonna take a, a big chunk of that i'm gonna have to pay so much taxes and i gotta hire a lawyer blah 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 and then andy walks up to him and he's like i'll do it like i'll do it all for free and then he like he just pretty much like just makes friends with the guards from then on out because they're like oh this guy's this guy's like smart he can help us but it's it's a really good scene i'm not gonna say what else happens in the scene because it's really you guys have to actually watch the movie i think i should get a half a point there yeah absolutely yeah, yeah half a point you. advice yeah so one one point five to zero two point five to zero two point five i'm gonna i'm a, i'm against skunked feeling maybe feeling great bad yeah. news next question how did andy escape prison you can be as elaborate as you want yeah, so uh, as we talked about, I think he ended up befriending most of the guards. I think that Morgan Freeman was literal when he said that he crawled through a bunch of shit. So I think that he ends up befriending most of the guards and distracting the warden. More on that later. And while the warden is distracted, the guards actually help him escape by bringing him down to the sewage pipes and helping him make his way through or or at least get started on his journey through the shit. Okay. I also am taking Morgan Freeman at his word in the final 15 and he quote unquote crawled through a river of shit, aka he made it out via sewer system. I don't think it was with the guards help. I think it was using that rock hammer that he had. He, he smashed some rocks to get to the sewer, which then went into a river, which eventually led to the ocean. And that's where he found that boat. Hmm. You're both, man, you're both at least are getting something out of this because it's both really. So, yes, he did crawl through shit. Mm. Uh, yes, it was a sewer pipe. Mm, perfect. Dave, I'm going to give you a point just because I feel bad. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. However, Michael, I'm also going to give you a point because you were a little bit more. You're both like right on the. You're not 100%. Like, if it was a. This is a pop quiz. You'd both be at like a B minus right now. I'll take Dave it. Okay. Probably, Dave probably C plus, but mm. mm-hmm. just because you're a little bit dumber. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to elaborate that further after the next question. Okay, I like it. And then I will go back to that. But you guys both get a point for how he escapes prison because this next question actually kind of ties into that. So that's your only hint you're getting for this next question. All right, I like it. How did Rita Hayworth, the actual actress, like not like she played a character in the movie. This is she's herself in this movie. How did Rita Hayworth help Andy escape? And this part from the first 15 baffled me. She's like an old movie star type biddy, right? So yes. Here's the thing, though. There's no way that she actually went to the prison. So I, I think it obviously means something like it's not actually her because it's an all male prison as far as we know as well. Now, we know that Andy asked for Red to smuggle her in, but maybe it's like one of those those little like eight millimeter film reels that you would put in a projector of a movie that she was in. And he holds it up to the light coming in from a window to look at it. And it's like the jankiest 40s approximation of porn. So he's just jerking his gherkin to the Rita window light film. He holds up one end with one hand, and then he has to use his teeth for the other end of the film since he needs his other hand, obviously. It's a whole thing, but he's like, this sucks. I want to get out so I can jerk it in the theater like future Pee Wee Herman. So he uses that desire of Rita Hayworth to keep helping him fight through the poop water to make it on home. <laughs> okay, that was a lot, but I... But I but I think I'm right. Interesting. Okay. And Dave? You, think, you think that he was lacking the proper motivation to escape this prison where he got raped by three men. 
and needed an image of Rita Hayworth to make him think about how great it is to jerk it to, to old movies once he gets out of here. <laughs> yeah, I actually okay. do. I do. Good. I'm glad I'm able to sum that up accurately. <laughs> I think it is actual Rita Hayworth, and she actual actually comes to the prison. She was friends with Andy. Maybe he, uh, maybe she was a customer of the bank or something, and they became Ooh. close or whatever. Ooh, I, think that. I think that she distracts the warden with her body. More on that in the next wow. question. Wow. Okay. Okay. Dave, you're wrong. Uh, Rita Hayworth, not the actual Rita Hayworth. Uh, Michael, you were close, and then you kind of went off on a weird uh. perverted <laughs> tangent. You were really close. I thought you had it. Sounds about, so, right. Sounds about right. Yes, Morgan Freeman, uh, Red, does smuggle Rita Hayworth into the prison, but as a poster. He has a poster of her Fine. hanging up on the wall. He does not use it to crank it uh, for motivation to get out. You don't know that. I, yeah, it you're right. Shown doesn't mean... Right. <laughs> How I, yeah, but what he does do is he uses that poster to cover a hole in the wall uh, that he works on for years and years and years and years with a rock hammer to tunnel out of the wall. And nobody checks? It, well, there's one scene where they toss a cell and they check everything. And he has Rita Hayworth on the wall. And then the warden's like, can't say I approve of this, but I assume some exceptions can be made. Because like, he's basically, you know, he's making friends with all the guards, whatever. He's yeah. like, you know, doing the warden solid and all that. So he's hiding this big hole that he's been spending years. Because what else are you going to do with your free time? He's a a little tiny rock hammer. He's chiseling away at the wall. He then uses that. He crawls through this big chunk of concrete, down some pipes, and then uses a hammer, or not not a hammer, an actual rock to break through the uh, sewer pipe and then crawl out to freedom, which is a big, like basically lake where all the sewer drains out. Mm. It was raining, so he rinses himself off and all that. Um, so yes, he does. He crawls through his sewer pipe to freedom. No, uh, you get. I'll give you half a point for Rita Hayworth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Dave, you, you get nothing. And you thought my answer was ridiculous, Dave. The second half of it was absolutely ridiculous. That's why you get a half a point. One is that you said film that they shined a light through on the wall. Well, like, no, he just, just held it up so he could see it. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, I don't even think you deserve that point, honestly. It's not a deal. Film it doesn't is matter. Crazy. I'm gonna beat you anyway. He got half a point. He didn't get he a got full half point. a point. I mean, it's still nuts. Shut up. It was like memorabilia. All right, yeah. all right. It's pretty Thank close. You. Thank you. Fine. I agree. I agree with your logic. Four to one. You've gotten enough questions right where I kind of think you're cheating on this one somehow. Are you kidding me? (laughs) No, I'm not. What I'm, what I actually do think is that you watch this whole thing because you, it's a good movie and you wanted to watch it and you only wanted to rent it one time because you're too cheap (laughs) to rent it twice. While that part does sound like me, I know I did not, I don't do that to our fucking listeners, David. I will uh, probably eventually watch the middle, but you guys should watch the movie anyway. You're a bastard. Last question. (laughs) Poor loser. You guys ready? Yes. All right. I'm the poor loser, please. <laughs> David, if you, how about this? If you can accurately describe this better than Michael, I'll, it's for the win. How about that? What? All right. Yep. If, but no, 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 no. no. He has to be, no, how about this? How about this? If you can describe it down to the detail, it's for the win. How about that? All right. Not like, not like oh, you're close, whatever. Like, Michael, it doesn't know. If down to the very detail wow. of why this happened. Okay, so why did Warden kill himself? And uh, Dave, if you want to win this, you have to be as specific as possible. Michael, you got a lot of room to play with here so whatever it has nothing to do with masturbating you're up so you know ah damn it i'm out 
<laughs> yeah, you ruined his whole thing. <laughs> I think that Andy helps the warden with his taxes, but messes with some of the numbers and ends up making the warden owe a shit ton of money to the government and also making it look like illegal activity was done and then also escapes. So not only has he beaten the warden by escaping, but he's also kind of ruined his life and the warden just kills himself. Okay. I am taking the warden's words as gospel from the first 15. Hear me out. He told the prisoners that their asses were his, and we know he was a God-fearing man. I think it ended up coming out that he was he was butt-blasting some of the prisoners when they did bad stuff. And since the church would not be into that, he went, pow-pow, and he was like, I got to get out of here. Interesting. Okay. That was, wow, two totally different answers. So, mm. Michael, you are incorrect. Damn it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> that is a very interesting theory thank you dave i said that if you were down to the exact detail you'd win you were not down to the exact detail however you were incredibly close so you get a point you get a point you didn't win but you get you get a point that's okay so yeah he helps the warden with his taxes not only that what he really does is he helps the warden embezzle money from the prison Mm. so you're very close he's basically money laundering he's stealing money from the prison he at one point he employs this like he, he uses the prisoners to like do like construction around town or whatever. Like he does this like inside out program. That's like really, it's putting a lot of other businesses like out of business, like construction workers. So he starts taking bribes from the construction workers to like stop using like the prisoners. And Andy is basically washing all this money for him. But the entire time the warden thinks he's washing his money. What he's actually doing is he's taking this money and Andy is putting it into a separate account under a false name, which he then uses when he escapes and it's his identity. Mm. So the whole movie, that's how he's able to make it to Zewatanejo and have his boat and have his, you know, hotel, whatever. So that's where all of his money comes from. That's where he gives the money for red for him to visit him. So yeah, you're very, very close. You're so close to a win. Mm. You got a point. That's not bad, but yeah, so Michael. Michael's the winner. He couldn't have bought a better boat. Like that's yeah, the boat I, that he could afford. Yeah, I mean, well, again, the '90s. He probably spent like eighty bucks on that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like it's probably one of six boats he has. You know, that's fair. He spent all his money on the cool red car that he got to drive. Feels good, David. It feels very, oh, yeah. very good. Yeah, I'm uh, a sore loser, you. but you're just the most gracious winner. <laughs> Four to two. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling great. I'm really feeling extra great because Rob was here with us today. Mm, mm-hmm, Comedian mm-hmm. Rob oh, yeah. Stant. Rob, you're a funny, funny, funny guy. Your Instagram is just fire. Like oh, all those clips are just so good. I appreciate that. Where can people find you if they're in? You have tens of thousands of followers on, on TikTok, Instagram. Where, where? How should people find you? Yeah, all my social medias are at Rob Stant Comedy, Rob S-T-A-N-T, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Yeah, that's all my all my socials at Rob Stant Comedy. You know, uh, March 4th, I'm recording my special, my first ever special. If you're in the Pennsylvania area, it's at Mickey's Black Box in Lidditz, PA. Uh, there's two. There's an early show and a late show, so you get two chances to come see it. I'm really excited for that. How will people be able to access your special after it's recorded? It's going to be going up on YouTube, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel at Rob Stant Comedy as well. So if you can't see it in person, at least you're, you could see it when it comes out eventually. Amazing. And, and, um, and then, yeah, and then uh, my podcast, obviously, Two in the Stink, T-W-O in the Stink. Check that out. Give us a listen. Throw us a couple bucks on Patreon. Do whatever you can. We appreciate it. Me and my buddy, Jim Gillespie. Who's also a very funny comic. Maybe yeah. we'll tap him on his big shoulder to have him. I don't know why I said his big shoulder. Mm-hmm. That, that was rude. I'm not, was he's, rude. Why would he? Now he's come not here? coming. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to tell him, don't fucking talk to these guys. You already made fun. I'm texting him right now. <laughs> yeah, text him. I mean, just text him. I don't know. I can't. I can't speak for Michael. He's just the worst. 
No worries. But no, really, <laughs> truly appreciate you taking the time coming here. And, and most importantly, introducing us to this movie. <laughs> we didn't need to be introduced to it, but. I'm excited for the fact that no one can now say, like, you haven't watched Shawshank? You haven't watched Shawshank. Shut up. I you will. To- I'm gonna. Now, I'm gonna. I'm going to spend the money. Michael might not. But no, Rob, really appreciate the time. All of Rob's stuff is going to be in the show notes. So I don't know what the fuck you're doing right now and diddling yourself to while you're making a lettuce sandwich. Just, yeah, just go to the show notes, click his links, check out some of his stuff. Hilarious guy. Very funny. Thanks. Thanks for being here, Rob. Yeah, no worries. You don't say no worries. <laughs> Oh, David. Oh, ow. is this your excited I won voice? Because I hate it. I did win. And we both won and the listeners won because Rob was great. I am thankful that he was here. He's a funny boy. Listen, if you haven't checked out his social medias by now, please do it. He's got like 8 million likes on TikTok. Like millions of people already figured out he's great. So you're behind the curve. What's wrong with you? But enough about Rob. Time to seal the deal with the Shawshank Redemption. It is time (laughs) for Center Counts. Center Counts. What do you give this, David? I feel like I've been on the four out of seven train lately, and I don't like I don't want to keep doing it. I there so okay, fine. We're doing it. Four out of seven. Mm. I think that it seems really good. Mm-hmm. But on our ends, we saw a dude pull a gun in a sack out of his glove box, and Morgan Freeman did some geocaching. <laughs> That's basically all we actually saw. We missed a lot of this movie, I think. So I kind of am reserving judgment. I I think it's getting some points just because I know that so many people like it that it has to be pretty good. But from what we saw, it's just like we missed a lot of it. The actors are good. The script seems pretty good. The cinematography was really cool. There's some really cool shots, at least in the ends we saw. So I think it's definitely got some potential, something that I would enjoy. I am going to go seven out of seven. Oh, come on. Listen, I don't know. I don't know if it's the best movie of all time, but just from the ends we did see, I can't even explain it. It just it feels it feels epic. Like I felt I felt like I went on some wild journey, even though I basically knew nothing. Like when that end hit, two dudes like came up to each other on the beach and the music was going. I was like, I I love this shit. And I don't even know these two jamokes. Some of it is forecasting. Yes, I agree with you that from just what we saw, it doesn't seem like it's the best movie of all time. But there's just enough there that makes me understand why it is popular. And I joked about it in the episode, but the secret sauce is that Morgan Freeman narrated most of this thing. Like, he's one of the best voices of the past few decades. So I think I think that alone is why people yeah. probably feel really strongly about it. There are only a few people I put in the same category as him in terms of narration. Yeah, like it's just his voice could be talking about anything. I feel like maybe the only other person I could really think of right now is James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. I also... I, I don't know why, but I really like Patrick Warburton's voice. Interesting. They, they all just have like that deep, low voice. I don't know, there's just yeah, something about yeah, it. There's yeah, just something yeah. about that deep voice. It didn't win the Patreon vote this time around for Center Consumed, where we go back and watch the middle and talk about it. But I'm, I still think I'm going to watch this whole thing at some point. The people got one right this time. It's got to be up on your list if you're going to rent it again. Yeah. That is saying something. That is a high, high bar to hit. Yep. I am probably going to spend some money to watch the Shawshank. So. Oh, my. So we're done with Shawshank for now. What do we got coming up next, David? Well, coming up next, we have a center chat that's going to be available to our patrons. So if you're not on that bandwagon already, get get up in there. Get it. 
interestingly enough, this was on IMDb's top 100 movies list, and it is number one on that. So we're just going to go through the rest of the list and say whether or not we've seen or, and or not seen them, and then just a quick what we think. Yeah, some notes. Yeah, that'll be fun. That sounds like good podcasting when we le- read through a list of 100 movies and just shoot the shit in between. People are going to like it because then they can see, well, I've seen more movies than they have. That is almost a 100% guarantee, especially because we're looking at the top 100 movies of all time. I don't know. I glanced at it pretty briefly, and there's even been a few that we've done on the podcast. So, Ooh. Yep. All right. Well, I'm excited. That will be fun. But what do the non-cultists have to look forward to next, David? Yeah. So our next episode is going to be coming out February 1st, and we're going to be covering Over the Garden Wall, which was a limited series on Cartoon Network, and now it's on HBO Max. And this was a, a listener suggestion, right? Yeah. Friend of the show and friend of me, Vicky. Victoria. Victorious. Yep. So it uh, it's a cartoon which is something we do very rarely. Mm, mm-hmm. But I've seen the ends already, and it's a weird one. Ooh, excited. So that is what's next. We love you. We thank you for being here. And I don't have nothing else. Well, like the difference between convict Morgan Freeman and release Morgan Freeman, it's always sexier in the center. <laughs> <laughs>